0: Welcome to Medicine for Good podcast. I am your host, Dr. Julieta Gabbiola, clinical professor of medicine at Stanford University. What drew me to medicine was the science, the innovation, and the promise for a comfortable life. But what has kept me in medicine are the real people, their lives, and their stories, as well as the translation of medical innovations into practical applications. This podcast will explore experiences beyond the walls and corridors of the hospital, laboratories, and clinics. I invite you to share in our journey seeking to preserve and improve our lives, our sense of balance, and our well-being. Shelter in place has changed our way of teaching and learning. Fortunately, many of us have been using online learning for quite some time now, but that is only one aspect of the educational process. The pandemic in many ways has accentuated the already known inequity in opportunities and resources for our students. Many students struggle with lack of resources and safety net support and services like food availability, internet access, computers, lack of family support, housing challenges, just to name a few. This podcast will highlight what our students and parents are saying about our existing pedagogical processes. As others may say, it really will take a village to cope with this pandemic. And that is exactly what educators, Parents, companies, institutions, churches, governmental, and non governmental agencies are doing. Eventually, we hope to emerge on the other side as better, stronger, more resilient, and compassionate human beings.
1: Yeah, so I'll just introduce. Um, so, Tony is in first grade, and she's uh, in class with Celine, and then Carson is in second grade, and they all go to the same school. And then Stella is pre-K? Pre-
2: preschool now, still. Preschool,
0: yeah. yeah. She's in preschool. Hi. Welcome to Medicine for Good podcast. The goal for this uh, session is to ask you what you like in school and what you don't like with this online learning or virtual learning. So, Celine, what do you like with school?
3: I like that I that I can see my teacher and I can play on the on the new playground.
0: Oh wow! You could do that yeah. virtually, playing on the new playground.
3: Well, she in person.
1: Yeah, Celine just went back to in person classes. Oh, so you are in person
0: now, Celine? Yeah,
2: in October, some of the kids, yeah, they have the option of going back or staying virtual on Zoom. So oh, she okay. Is at-
0: the first time celine that you were on virtual or like online how was that for you what did you like on the online learning
3: that there was chat we, we could chat to each other on, on the chat and also we could learn a lot of fun things and, and do fun things
0: oh okay Tony, how about you? Are you on online virtual learning or are you in person now, Tony? I'm online. You're online. Okay. So what do you like on the online? That we like get to see each other on Zoom. Okay. And what else? Mm, we get to see our teacher. Okay. How about what don't you like with online learning? Yeah, we don't
3: really get to see our friends in, like, real person and our teacher.
0: Oh, you can't see them. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? No. <laughs> How about you, Carson?
3: What I like about Zoom is that in chat, you can chat to your teachers if you don't want to unmute and ask the
0: question. Oh, okay. That is That's good, huh? How do you stay engaged? Like, are there a lot of distraction at home when you are on Zoom? Not a lot. Okay. If you tell your teachers what you miss, like you guys were in school before COVID, right? In person, right? So if you like to tell the teachers what you miss, what would that be? What would you tell the teachers?
3: Getting close to friends.
0: Getting close to your friends. Okay. Playing with your friends. Playing with your friends. So that's really important, huh? You missed that. So how, how are you doing that now at home? How would you play with your friends at home now? On FaceTime. Oh, on FaceTime. Okay.
3: Doing like our um, on private chat.
0: <laughs> oh, you have private chat. Oh, wow. <laughs> they, they also have play dates at the park sometimes. Oh, okay. So you meet in the park, and how do you protect each other from getting infection? Wear your mask. You wear your mask in the park. Okay. What else?
3: Put our, put our arms out. Okay. Um,
0: so you maintain distance, huh? Okay. How about washing hands? Okay. So uh, uh,
3: after going there.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Anything else that you do to protect each other?
4: Using hand sanitizer.
0: Hand sanitizer. Great. What else? Mm, you can't hug each other. You can't hug each other. But you could throw them some flying kiss, huh? Mm, yes. <laughs> and
3: you can do a virtual hug.
0: Okay, virtual hugs. Can I get a virtual hug from you? <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you for those virtual hugs. How about the parents, Abigail and is it Celine or uh, Lucia and Sarah Rosa? How do you guys get your kids engaged and kind of pay attention to their classes?
1: So I think for online, they have to be in a room by themselves. Like they they have a setup for their class Mm -hmm. and then... I think the teachers do a good job. They rotate the topics pretty often, right, Lucia? Just to keep them motivated. Yeah, yeah the teacher tries
2: to keep it as interesting as as possible, you know, considering the situation. And I think the teacher is doing a really good job trying to keep the kids engaged. Obviously, there's a lot of limitations. Even, even in the classroom, it's very limited. They can't share anything. They can't do any even when they do group work it's it's still separate they can't share any supplies or you know or get too close
0: mm-hmm, um,
2: mm-hmm. but the kids seem to be doing really well i mean i'm impressed they're so resilient they're so engaged and they're they're so enthusiastic nice. at least from what from what i've seen i think they're 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 doing really well considering the circumstances
1: they also rotate them they they do small group sessions instead of the whole class doing something and, and the teachers send home projects that they all do together.
0: Okay. I bet it's also challenging for parents to keep them on time to get them on their Zoom desk on time and ready. How are you holding as parents in terms of getting that going?
1: Um, do I raise my hand? It's a lot of work <laughs> to I... be honest with the younger kids. It's a uh, you have to be yeah. like a, a teacher's aide
0: almost. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of getting your children engaged, I know they have to be in a private room. How do you think it will be for kids who don't have private rooms in their house, like some of the marginalized children with no internet, no computers, or no private room? What do you think? that would I'm sure right. it's
1: I'm sure it's difficult I can't even imagine all I mean Sarah is going through a renovation and they're all in the same room sometimes
4: yeah there's some days where it's three of us in one room we're all trying to talk and, can be and, and doing,
0: doing your work also and for yeah. For all of the parents who are also doing their work simultaneously and also assisting their children to get busy with school, that must be very challenging. Could you tell us what the challenges are for parents to be able to be supportive to their children?
4: It just takes a lot of time management and making sure that, you know, I try to schedule my meetings at times where I know things are going to be quieter the kids where they're not going to necessarily need my assistance like first thing in the morning is is tough because i'm trying to get everyone situated and i have to make sure that my schedule is clear at that time so i can be with them and then you know when they get out of school then they need me again and so it's just it's really finding those pockets of time where i can get my work done
0: but it's a lot more sporadic than it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Lucia? Do you have?
2: Uh, Yeah. I mean, similar, similar to what Sarah and Abby said, I feel, I mean, now it's better because Celine is in school, but when she was at home doing virtual, it was, it's hard, you know, you have to be with them, help them, especially at the beginning when they started school in August and it was all new and, uh, I almost felt like I had to be a helicopter parent, you know, always around, always yeah. helping, involved, like too much, you know. And and even she, my daughter Celine, she, you know, she knows that I'm here, and so she was every two minutes, like, you know, even oh, I'm hungry or I want this, I want that. And being home all day together, it creates like a dependency almost. Uh, so I think it's it's better now that she's in school because we're. We're back to that independence, you know, of being at school independent and I'm not there. So I can't, she can't ask me every, Mm
0: -hmm, every mm -hmm.
2: five minutes for something.
0: How do they keep them safe as they return to school, Lucia?
2: Right now there, there's, there's a million protocols to follow in the classroom. Their desks are, are all separated. They, they wear masks all day. They have a plastic divider all around their desk like clear clear plexiglass all around um so they they stay at their desk all day they don't they don't get up and touch and share there's no shared of anything basically and they're separate from the other uh grades as well so there's Mm -hmm. absolutely no mingling of of grades of classes everything is completely separate each each class is in a separate cohort
0: and Mm -hmm, they don't
2: mm -hmm. like even the playground they only one only one class uses the playground per day and then they so like first grade only plays on the playground on tuesday for example and then they Mm -hmm. disinfect it at the end of the day and then the next day another grade uses the 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 playground
0: mm-hmm. and things
2: like that. There's different spaces. Uh, same thing with entrance and exit. Each class has their own entrance and exit from from the school. Drop off, pick up. Everything is completely completely separate. So, mm-hmm.
0: do they do mandatory I, or random testing or not?
2: Uh, I know the teachers get tested every two weeks, so the teachers are are required to get tested every two weeks. The kids aren't unless there is, you know, they're, unless they're, you suspect that you've been.
0: But parents uh, are, there's a code of conduct that uh, if yeah. someone yeah. is sick in the household, they yeah. they ask you to report it and be like. Every, un- yeah,
2: every morning, we, every morning there is online, there is a. Questionnaire that you need to answer every single morning, where you say, "Does anyone in your household have these symptoms—cough, fever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Have you been around anyone who is suspected of having COVID? Yes or no." There's questions, and you every single morning you have to answer that those questions. And if the answer is yes, then obviously you can't go to, you yeah. can't go to school. And the parents aren't allowed on campus. Everything is parents either stay in their cu- in their car with mask no you know there's they don't get close to the school to campus at all
0: no outsiders that is good to know that they're exercising precaution this is really unprecedented time in terms of like how covid-19 really had changed everything including what we do every day and you know it takes a community effort and collaborative effort until we get the vaccine and some forms of treatment i suppose so yeah. it's coming up. So hang in there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd like to welcome the next batch of uh, students. I know Josie is here and Gabe is here. Um, and um, Arabella. Thank you guys for joining. And Arabella. Thank you, Celine, Carson, and Tony. Hi. Hi. We'll go to the next batch. I'm Dr. Gaviola. I'd like to thank you for joining me today. I am doing a podcast, and the podcast is called Medicine for Good Podcast, and we will be discussing about how COVID-19 had changed uh, education, uh, so the teaching and learning. So you could tell us your name and whether you're doing virtual and what you like uh, with the virtual and what you don't like with the virtual learning. Do you want to start, Bella? Uh,
3: Okay. I'm Bella and I do virtual school and I'm in sixth grade. What I like about virtual school is that you could still like talk with your friends and, and see them.
0: How, how is that on just a, a two dimensional space? Like you see them on this square. How is that? How do you socialize that way, Bella?
3: Um, You kind of like, we go into the breakout rooms, and we usually talk and socialize in there.
0: Oh, okay. So you have like breakout sessions. So it's not all sitting on, you know, on your in front of your computer and talking to the teachers or in class. You have some breakout sessions.
3: Um, uh, it's not uh breakout rooms. It's not uh supervised.
0: Oh, it's not supervised. That's good. Yeah. And you like that portion of the unsupervised so you could talk to your friends and play with your friends.
3: Yeah, it's usually when um, when we're done with all the work and mm-hmm. we have a few extra
0: minutes left. Oh, okay. What don't you like about virtual learning?
3: Um, It's usually when... I'm stuck in my room, and I'm always in front of a computer.
0: Okay. That must be a little boring, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, When you take a break from that, what do you do in the house?
3: Usually, I go out of my room and get a snack or play with my dog.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. How about you, Carson? Landon. Is it Landon? Oh, Landon. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Landon. Um, so I'm Landon, and um, what I like about virtuals,
5: ver- online school, is um, still a way like where I can see my friends, and I'll have to like go like out and I can stay home like um, with my family because a lot of times I'd be at school and I don't get as much time with my family. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. You have now a lot more time with your family. Yeah Oh, okay. What don't you like about virtual school? Uh, what I don't like is
5: that like i can't see I can see my friends, but I can't see them in person, and like I can't like see well, I can't see them in person, and it's just different like from online, but like in person, it's easier, and it's just more fun to talk to them in person.
0: Yeah, yeah. I understand, must be difficult. How about you, Josie? Hi, my name is Josie. I am eight years old,
3: and I'm in third grade. What I like about virtual school is that I can learn new programs and how to log in. And what I don't like about it is that I don't get to see my friends, and I don't play with them.
0: Oh, okay. Gabe, how about you? would love to hear from you, (laughs) Gabe. Um, I think my favorite part for um, virtual school
5: is I usually um since my chair is far back, I could when the
0: light is usually off, so they can't usually see me when I'm <laughs> when I'm sitting down. Oh, okay. Are, are you guys allowed not to be seen on when you're virtual? Well, Don't is, the teachers want to see you? They see me with my hair. Ah. <laughs> So I know I'm there, yeah, what don't you like about virtual school Gabe? um, not being there to uh, play with my
5: friends, or yeah, like um actually some cause some of the breakout rooms are random, so you can not get um who you want,
0: yeah, it's been a long time now, huh how How are you playing with your schoolmates nowadays do you Do you set up time to play sports outside? Yes, yeah, sometimes and not what, as much. Yeah. What do you do, Gabe? Like, how do you do this? We sometimes go to the track, um, me and Landon. Ah, so you you go and uh, and run on the track then and stuff? Yeah. Uh, that's good. How about you, Tony and Josie? How do you do you, you play sports and how do you do this? Um, how I play
3: sports is I do the Wii, like tennis and baseball, yeah. oh, and that's sometimes good. I play outside with my little brother and little sister.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. At least you know that they don't have any infection, right? So you could, yeah, you could play outside with them. How about you, Tony? Oh no, Bella, Bella.
3: Um, well, I usually play basketball on the weekends with. Landon and engage we we have masks on still, and um, we have masks, or like we could take breaks from wearing our masks. So like every weekend, we play basketball.
0: What do you miss the most nowadays?
3: Probably hanging out with friends and
0: playing sports and, and games. So hanging out, yeah. Anything else? Josie, Landon, what um, do you miss the most? What
3: I miss the most is that I don't get to go to like school and see my teacher and my friends in real life.
0: Mhm. Landon,
5: Some things I miss the most are like seeing my friends and like being um, like outside more because before quarantine I was doing all these like school sports and hanging out with my friends. But like once quarantine started, I'm just like stuck at home. I can't really like
0: go out with my friends and stuff.
5: Gabe, I miss I miss being in a, in a classroom.
0: Yeah, yeah. We we took for granted the classrooms. huh? now with this pandemic, it's getting to be too long, huh? Yeah. 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 Well, I like to thank you. And I like to tell you guys, you guys are doing a great job Hang in there. Hopefully this pandemic would not last too long. And I think the medical professional and scientists are trying their hardest to get treatment and vaccines and stuff like that. Meanwhile, What you're doing is phenomenal. You know, wearing masks, maintain physical distancing. You don't have to be socially distant. You could still hug, you know, virtually. You could talk to your classmates and you could do stuff together. You could be in your kitchen and cook with your friends virtually, right? and uh, have projects together virtually. So hand-washing, maintain distancing, and keep yourself safe and protected all the time. And I'd like to thank you for participating on this. When we go live on, on this uh, in- interview, I will let you know. Yeah, thank you so much. Okay. Yeah, and uh, goodbye, and stay safe, and keep, enjoy- keep enjoying... Yeah, thank you, Josie. Bye. Thank you, you, Bella, Gabe, and Landon. And thank you, parents. I appreciate your time. Bye, Tony. Bye. Bye, Bye. Abby. Bye. Uh, Bye, Lucia. Bye. Bye. Our episode for this one where you will be participating is how COVID-19 had changed the landscape of education. And the reason why I'm asking you to participate is I like to have this as an opening to this podcast for this education podcast and to hear the students how you guys are doing in terms of the switch to all virtual or distance learning. So the question will be what you like and what you don't like. You're welcome to say your name and the school that you're from and what grade are you. And then after that, it will be another few minutes of asking you a surprise question.
6: So I'm Srikar. I'm a senior at Basis Independent Silicon Valley, which is a high school in California. And I think the biggest thing that I enjoyed about everything going on has to be like the more free time that we have. So this is an answer that most people are going to have. But the biggest thing is definitely, especially with college apps that I have right now, I definitely have a lot more free time, but the biggest thing that I would miss is definitely kind of having that communication, that in-person communication with your friends every single day kind of brings a livelihood to conversations at school. So that's definitely something I miss.
7: Okay, hey, you basically said so everything I was going to say, but um, I enjoy the efficiency of not having to like travel to meetings and uh, like other activities. It, it does open up a lot of free time, but I as well do miss the in-person human interaction with friends and just meeting new people. Yeah, I'm going to miss
8: yeah. Hi, I'm Daphne. I, um, I'm a freshman at Emory University. I mean, I guess for me, like, I, I've kind of missed out on that, you know, first semester college freshman experience, which is kind of a bummer. But, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, being at home, I've been able to spend a lot more time with my family.
7: Uh, hi, I'm Gideon. I'm a freshman at Case Western Reserve University. And I'd say that it's difficult to interact with professors and other students, but it also allows for more time to do work or relax because most of my classes are asynchronous. So I can just work at my own pace.
5: I'm Linus from uh, Basis in the Pensacola Valley, and I'm a junior this year. And I'd say that for me, on, everything moving online, I really do uh, think that I'm missing out on being able to actually interact in person with teachers, because I feel like it's a very important way for me to actually form a good bond with them. But I would say that everything being online is actually okay, because I can actually find a way to stay awake in most of my classes now.
8: Um, My name is Nithya, and I go to Cupertino High. For me, I'm enjoying that my school switched to a less packed schedule. We have mostly asynchronous on Wednesdays, and that's been helping me out a lot, and I think a lot of students. But it is hard to get your questions answered easily and efficiently, especially if it's on your own document and you want to give examples or something to your teachers, it's kind of hard to get your questions answered.
9: I'm Nithya and I'm a sophomore at Basis Independent Silicon Valley and I really enjoy having the freedom to do my work whenever I want but at the same time I don't have that motivation anymore because I don't have the social interaction that we used to look forward to.
7: Uh, I'm Randeep. I'm a junior at Menlo. And uh, for me, like everybody was super like psyching me out about junior year, like it was gonna be the hardest year. But I really think that being online has made it a lot more chill. But with that also comes like it becomes super monotonous, like just getting out of bed, and then instantly just hopping on your desk and doing eight hours of just work on a computer and not moving at all. And then doing a few hours of homework after that, it just made it super boring. So I feel like that's been like the biggest drawback for me.
2: I'm Sophia. I'm a junior at Menlo School and I've definitely learned how to be more independent and productive during online school because I think you're definitely expected to do a bit of the learning on your own. And I also get a lot more sleep, but it's unfortunate to not be able to see my friends and classmates on campus every day.
10: Hi, I'm Chloe. Uh, Post-grad graduated in 2019 and now I'm working at the Center for Asian Health Research at Stanford and one of the things that I like a lot about doing my work remotely is that, um, you know, when you're hopping from meeting to meeting, you don't have to bike across campus, you can just go from Zoom room to Zoom room. But I think Zoom... Creates both a super personal and impersonal space for work. For example, like when we're on a Zoom call right now, like I can see all of you in your individual rooms, and it's all so personalized. And I can see like little bits of your personality showing through um, in your decorations. But at the same time, you know, I'm just looking at a screen, and I feel like I'm not getting to know each one of you in the capacity that I would have liked to um, had we all been meeting in person. Hi everyone, my name's Hilary, and I am a postgrad student from Berkeley. I am also in A medical school applicant. So for myself this year, I am most worried about students who may have a little bit difficulty with resources this year, you know, whether it be Wi-Fi at home, whether it be intergenerational homes with you know, 10 people in one household, I worry about those students just because I know that there's an added layer to their education this year, and I feel for them. (laughs) So I hope that we find better ways to continuously reach out to those students. Thank you.
11: Hi, everyone. I'm Carissa. I am a senior at the University of Texas at Austin,
10: and it's definitely,
11: I think, something that I've disliked is it's just been disheartening being inside spending my senior year, um, not being able to interact with my friends and professors, especially for upper division classwork that I was really looking forward to, and just not having the chance to celebrate, I guess, major milestones of my last senior year along with my peers. So that's been a little frustrating, but I do appreciate, like many of you said, flexibility of Zoom, being able to go to meetings and office hours for professors readily, um, as well as having access to like Zoom recordings um, and virtual notes and stuff like that. So it's made class classes a little bit more accessible in a sense, but I do really miss in-person interactions.
9: Hi everyone, my name is Kyoko. Um, I'm also a senior at Columbia University. And what I have appreciated about online learning, especially this semester, is the unique forms of assessment. For example, I have a lot more creative projects rather than synchronous exams, which take a lot of the pressure off of online learning and the stakes that are present, especially at as a senior. But like Carissa was saying, I really miss the engagement that you get with in-person learning. Also, I miss being in a city. I miss being on campus and I miss seeing my friends. And I think what worries me is the accessibility and longevity of this format and what it means not only for me as seniors, but as I'm hearing from Daphne and Gideon as freshmen as well.
8: Hi, everyone. My name is Mary Kahn. I'm a second year medical student at the UC Berkeley UCSF Joint Medical Program and something that I mean, I echo a lot of the sentiments that's been shared already. I love that I've been able to be with family, but also it's bittersweet to not be with friends and be in that surrounding ecosystem of just like trying to do everything all at once with your friends who are doing the same thing. But what I do, and also um, research has been impacted as well. Everything has gone super remote. And so um, like what Hillary was saying that like there are people with different access, they won't be able to... Be a part of that research, and so, like, we have to be very creative. But what I, um, what I do like is like that there are some things that are more accessible, like mentorship. Like we were able to invite Dr. Gabiola to an online uh, networking conference for Filipino Americans, so like that reached five hundred people, and so I think that's something like a silver lining to this whole thing.
12: Hi everyone, I'm Francis. Nice to meet you all. Uh, I'm a third-year med student right now at the Medical College of Wisconsin. For me, I think the thing that comes to mind most immediately in terms of online learning is um, currently I'm on my family medicine rotation. And, um, and, you know, like, aside from like clinical time, there's also, um, you know, some online teaching like didactics that, happen to, which is like, uh, you know, where we get a little bit more, um, usually like uh, in-person <laughs> help with physical exam techniques and like practice like with motion, motivational interviewing and things like that. And I think that's been kind of challenging speaking for myself, at, at least as a kind of a newbie with this sort of stuff. So I think that's something that I co- kind of sort of miss having that in-person uh, time to just really like hone my skills and just and just that uh, time to be physically present with other people. On the other side of it, I'd say that I see how things like Zoom can kind of help us facilitate some forms of connection unfortunately we lost uh, one of my classmates last sunday you know it's it's an it's an epidemic that continues to affect uh, physicians and medical students but to uh to suicide unfortunately so we were able to have like have a memorial for him and sort of connect with uh, colleagues and his family and stuff even though they live actually an hour and a half away so i guess in that sense like we were able to have facilitate that sort of connection despite a lot of the isolation that some of us are experiencing so that's a positive side of it i guess so yeah thank you
0: Thank you, Francis, for sharing that difficult-to-hear information. May I invite everyone to observe a moment of silence. Suicide, as all of us know, is a difficult subject to discuss and cope with. Suicide is so devastating for everyone for the families involved, for friends, for schools, for companies and institutions. It is one of the leading causes of death in young people and a preventable one. The uncertainty and isolation caused by the pandemic predict an increased rate of depression, anxiety, PTSD, domestic violence, drug and alcohol abuse, and suicide. We as a community must reach out to friends, families, colleagues, and be more tolerant, more compassionate, forgiving, accepting, and supportive. Yeah, it's really sad. And it really, the social isolation and, you know, social distancing and not being able to be with your friends is really just very challenging, not only in education, but in our uh, day-to-day interaction, right? So few comments from uh, Stanford medical students. So this is from Gabriella, who is a second year medical student at Stanford. She said, I actually quite like the distance learning modality. Learning from home has allowed me to have more time to study and focus on my research. I have also been able to spend time with my family and loved ones, something that is very hard to do when pursuing medicine. Since I'm not in the clerkship yet, I think the distance learning modality works even better for the reasons I shared about. And more other people who at Stanford, students at Stanford had shared the social isolation is very challenging, especially for the first year students who are starting at Stanford where They're coming in away from their family with no actual no interaction whatsoever with their classmates because they're forbidden to even form small groups. So there's mandate at Stanford and what they have to comply with and they have to sign that agreement. So that's very, very isolating for them. And. As you know, medical school is probably one of the most rigorous training out there. I couldn't think of anything more rigorous and more sacrifice and commitment than medicine. So I think it is really great that you're able to do self-directed learning, but still maintain that self-care for yourselves and reach out to friends however that could be on zoom or you know going outside walking bicycling with your friends with caution because i think the virus will be here to stay when how long we don't know when the treatment will be available we don't know the vaccine will be available would it be safe and would it be effective we we still don't know so there are things that we don't know and we have to be remaining flexible So my next surprise question is, if you were invited to be part of the leadership to design a curriculum and to be able to coexist with this virus and design a curriculum that you think will be effective, what would that be? Yeah, thank
9: you. Good question, Dr. Gabiola. I will say, like, as my perspective as a teaching assistant, we spend a lot of time talking about the best ways that we can be accessible for our students. And Design our curriculum and examination procedures in a way that is both fair, but also understanding of everyone's situation. So, if I were to be in that room talking about a universalized curriculum, I would like to definitely be a champion of collaborative work, putting the trust into students to use each other as support, as well as, you know, encourage proper collaboration in the fear that a lot of professors and teachers have of cheating. Whereas a lot of kids and when you're when whereas a lot of kids are just trying to help each other out. And I'm of the philosophy, if you're in a difficult situation, whether you're going to medical school or whatever, you will always have people to help you out. You'll never be isolated. You'll never be in a situation like an exam or a test. So I would definitely like to design a curriculum that includes and encourages collaboration, whatever that looks like. Zoom breakout rooms, creating pods if you're on campus with people who live nearby you, et cetera.
6: Definitely. I think that's really important. And like you mentioned, another thing that's really important is being there to support the students Um, because going forward, if we're to stay online, the students will need help to make sure that they're on track or their mental health is fine. Everything that is happening to the adults is also happening through the students and in a much more impactful way in some ways.
7: Uh, I just want to echo what uh, Kyoko said uh, about these Zoom breakout rooms and try to engage the students a little bit more, but also like coming from a student's perspective. Honestly, like if you like put me in front of a computer and maybe watch a 70-minute lecture, I'm going to tune a lot of it out. Not even because like I think it's boring, but because it's like, so monotonous to just be sitting at a desk and staring at a screen for 70 minutes. So I think those like Zoom breakout rooms and trying to engage the students a little bit more can like exponentially increase like their engagement in the classroom as well and help them perform better later on.
2: I would incorporate an asynchronous model whenever possible and I would also dial down the weight of tests and replace some of them with research projects and group work. I think The reason why is just because it's easy to forget how hard this time is on everyone. And I think making the curriculum a little less rigorous than it would be in person is important to the well-being of the students and the teachers.
11: Yeah, I definitely agree with Sophia in that I think when all possible asynchronous classes, I think would be ideal just because I know a lot of my international friends here at UT have had quite a struggle being able to try to, I guess, adjust the various time zones to take the synchronous classes. And I don't think my university has been very helpful in term in that sense. But I think whenever synchronous classes are, I guess, they are mandated, I think the professor or teacher just needs to take more responsibility in making the class as interactive as possible outside of using just breakout rooms. And I can definitely say one professor for me, this semester comes to mind where he'll just call on so many students um, each class and kind of makes it a requirement for everyone to have their cameras on. And I can definitely say that's helped my just retention of the information and engagement as well. And even though the class is an hour and a half long, I'm definitely engaged the whole time and not so much out of fear of getting called on, but just because he's very interactive and collaborative and makes it more of like a non-judgmental, welcoming space.
8: I think definitely echoing everyone, I think just leading with empathy and just understanding that this is a hard time and listening to each other, especially professors and like the student body, the medical system, the medical school, listening to the students and what they need. And like a way that I was able to implement that as a graduate student instructor, which is similar to like a TA, because I teach at Berkeley Anatomy, um, was like to have like these anonymous feedback forms that is open throughout the year so that they could just really like, tell us what they need and that's something that I've also appreciated from my medical school at the JMP is that they listen to us especially when Black Lives Matter movement was happening and their systemic racism that was like happening in our country like that this was really hard for a lot of students of color in our class and so they made our medical curriculum much more reflective of just acknowledging the harms that medicine has happened and so yeah I think definitely there's not a lot of uh, listening to be done And just have it be like what everyone was saying, a collaborative space, Um, because it's such a new environment. Like this is like coronavirus. It's like everyone doesn't really know what they're doing. And I think just having empathy with everyone and working together to make a solution that works for everyone. Yeah. Oh, just like responding back to like, um, I think what Francis brought up, I think uh, I'm also very worried about my hands on experience with patients um, in the future. And so I think definitely that's where feedback can go, because like, we know that there's a virus, we can't get sick, but also we need to learn so that we can help our patients. So like, just listening to each other and like talking and like making pods, or what can we do that's still safe within the guidelines to do so that we can get the skills that we need. So
9: Something I just want to add on is that like a lot of the time when some of our teachers, they ask us just in the beginning of the class, like a random question, like, how are you doing? Or like something about something about you, it still like helps to build that connection you have with your teacher that otherwise is pretty non-existent over Zoom calls. Yeah. And I appreciate that everyone else is also thinking about ways that we can improve. And it's really important that like Mary Khan was talking about, that we listen to students I will also note that I'm a huge advocate for universal pass and a universal a systems, especially for undergraduate or even high school curriculums, because even in undergraduate curriculums, not all of the students are going to be coming with equitable resources, equitable funds to participate on campus, whether that be getting textbooks, being able to socialize with other students, et cetera. And that's when we were all on campus with a library, with a quiet place to study, with reliable internet. And so, especially now since it's a full semester online, I really appreciate professors who are very flexible and transparent about their grading not being the same as previous years because this is new. COVID's new. You can't expect everyone from all around the world to have the same studying ability or performance as they would if they were at school or in a place where they used to be being academically challenged like this. So, I'm a huge proponent of just universal pass, universal A, not pass, D, fail, because that still implies a hierarchy, just allowing students to be seen as appreciated for their work and their effort during this time, and not things that are out of their control.
10: Hi, I just wanted to ask, I remember uh, speaking with Dr. Gabriella, she wanted me to touch upon, uh, you know, standardized testing this year. So as we know, many students, whether it be for college, SAT, ACT, um, the MCAT, LSAT, GRE, all of these large standardized testing uh, institutions had to make decisions about how they would go about testing this year, as well as on the end of the colleges and the universities, medical schools, law schools, et cetera, had to make their decisions as well. And I think that like touching upon what a lot of people said, I think that having that collaborative um, approach and really creating a safe space for feedback and for students to present their concerns, um, because across the board, uh, speaking on, let's say, the colleagues and peers I have that are in the medical school application cycle. This year, for the MCAT alone, uh, students had their test canceled since April and May, and it was uh, rescheduled multiple times, uh, whether it be them telling you that you have a test uh, next month, and then it's like, oh, sorry. Unfortunately, it's moved to the following month. And you can imagine for a student who has been studying for some time rigorously that this You know, there is data that is showing that, unfortunately, some students' performance is being affected. And so I'm curious to see how it will be implemented to analyze these results with that in mind, you know, because as we all said, it's so novel that how do we put how do we introduce that standard of error into everything, whether it be grading in schools or whether it be these, um, you know, tests that have a lot of weight for a lot of students and admissions.
6: Thank right, you. and I think that goes back in a little way to what Kyoko was saying about kind of the teachers understanding that COVID is different, um, this entire time is different, and that they should be ready to kind of adapt to that in a way.
0: I really do appreciate all your feedback and reflection on how COVID-19 had uh, affected your education. And it's so nice to hear your authentic responses. I'm one of the educators for care a faculty at Stanford. Even in medicine, we're still struggling to try to figure out how we could incorporate the laying of the hands part of medicine into the the training. Right, so we have a space, right, a two dimensional space where. We could show how to examine a patient, but there's really no interaction, no feedback and no meaningful interaction. So how to make that engaging, meaningful and up to par with what students expect and still appreciate the incorporation of safety and well-being of our students will be a very challenge to us as educators. So I think your input are really welcome and I would welcome more dialogues such as this on a podcast. So you tell me in the future what else we could do in terms of making this podcast, like more reaching out to the people and hearing real stories, real solutions and practical translation to what we have to cope with. Because I think COVID-19 will be here to stay. And so we have to learn how to coexist with this virus safely and emerge on the other side of uh, more innovative. And I think what it taught us is to be more flexible, to be more creative, more collaborative, and more forgiving and accepting. I think this is a challenging time, and it really accentuated the already existing inequity, which, um, which was there, but we just see it more now. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Bye, Thank Dr. Raviola. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Medicine for Good Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share with family and friends. Rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, ACAS, and YouTube. Follow me on social media at Dr. Jet on Twitter and Facebook. Meanwhile, stay safe, stay well, and stay connected. See you on our next episode.